So I'm with Sudeshna today to talk about the whole concept of feeling celebrated and not tolerated, her career and what's taken her to her journey today and what she really feels passionate about because it is about being celebrated and not tolerated and how she actually got to that point today. So welcome Sudeshna. Thank you so much for having me, Ruth. Lovely being here. You are welcome. So the whole premise of this show is to really celebrate those that are just stepping out and helping people to really get into alignment, to align themselves to who they should be, um, and then to be more of that in the world, and just to really just shine. So how did you, as your career strategist, how did you get to that path? Would you like to share with us a little bit of your journey? Yes, absolutely. So I am a career strategist, but also I have a day job. So I'm not just a career strategist. The reason I chose to also do career strategy is because, you know, innately, I always knew that there was a strategist lying in me, like right from when I went to university, I was like, okay, I want to do economics rather than engineering because I want to use my degree, not just do engineering and do something else. Um, And that for me was the first strategic move in my career. And I kind of knew that I was always going to be good at that. Um, And through my career also, I, became a management consultant, a strategy consultant, uh, which again is very, very strategic. But what I did realize is that many people, you know, they look at strategy as something only to do with business strategy, but strategy is also so much more. It's to do with your careers, with your life, and actually, like you put it, finding your own alignment. And once you know that, okay, this is what I am meant to do, this is what the universe wants me to do. Um, then you can kind of back engineer and put a strategy and a plan in place to get there. So when I realized this for myself, it was kind of um, liberating. So I almost wanted to give it back to everyone else who did not really look at the way I was looking at it. So awesome so it's it was kind of like you reversed engineered almost how you could look at the world and how you look at the world and then decided this is actually what's needed as well yeah okay awesome so based on your career path now and and what you've seen in the corporate world and and helping people to feel like they belong uh, in the in this world what have you seen that that work that works really well in companies and specific corporates um, where they've helped people to feel like they belong yeah sure so you know uh, I think I was speaking to you the other day about uh, me being a part of both a huge management consulting group and currently I work for a much smaller company it's still um, big compared to most startups, but it's not as big as the Deloitte or the PWCs of the world where I come from. So what I did realize is that big companies, you know, they take a long time to move just because they have very siloed cultures as well. So you couldn't just say, oh, of course, as a whole, probably PWC has a great culture, but you might find the odd team there that doesn't. Um, 
in my experience what i did find is smaller the company the easier it is to control the culture uh, to control uh, parts of celebrating who we are um, for big companies uh, what i did realize was breaking them into smaller networks like for example pwc had um, the parents network the lgbtqe network um the don the don was the uh, i think dis disability and wellness uh, network i think that that is what it stands for or the um black and minority ethnicity network so there there were tons of networks that pwc had where people from similar backgrounds were coming in together to support each other in their journeys so that was phenomenal i think um they also had something called a reverse mentoring program where the junior most people who are probably more diverse more different than what the senior leadership looks like they would mentor the senior leaders to give them a perspective of their world so for example for me i was mentoring this uh, partner of ours who's a very very senior partner sits on the pwc board and i was telling him about how my experience is as a more junior person in the firm how my experience is as being someone who has not grown up in the uk for example um and educating him about my culture learning about his culture so it's it's almost a two way street and i think those are the sorts of things that we need to do more um and i i i think that that was phenomenal because that uh, so one of the things that i had shared with um this partner was about um you know not not really religion but faith and culture so uh, in the east uh, generally like most of the eastern religions i think tend to have this concept of the more silent you are the more confident you are whereas the west it's actually slightly different to that and um well in the west i i suppose in a way people think that if you talk more you know more which is there's no right or wrong it's just uh, the way the cultures are um and many a times when i felt like i was being judged for not speaking up enough i had to kind of put it out there look that's not what this means my not talking a lot actually exudes confidence as opposed to if i was probably talking a lot that means maybe i'm asking for help maybe i'm kind of um trying to fit in whereas if i just were myself that would be far more liberating for me so kind of cultural exchanges like that um were definitely things that made it more inclusive as a network in the big firms so i would say for smaller firms you have to try and control the culture as much as possible for bigger firms bring in the networks and kind of make sure that all these networks are talking to each other all the time so that your 
whole big crowd is aware of all of the different sorts of people in the firm. Fantastic. It's a, it's a great story as well about, I guess, a leader wanting to change and learning something from the mentoring experience. Because like, oftentimes you hear about mentors from this position of their giving, um, but this is, was a really nice exchange of giving and receiving, which I think true mentorship is, and being able to grow from that experience and, and then for them to change a whole culture of the way they do things in companies as well. So I, I love that story. So thank you for sharing that because I think that's really important. So in your eyes, if you felt, when have you felt like you belonged more in a company? Is, was it how many of those times that you talk about in terms of the, the mentoring exchange happen? Is it something that happens often? Um, so in my case, uh, the partner that I was mentoring, he sat on the PwC board. So he's, someone who's really really busy uh so we tried to meet once a month but it was not always once a month it probably could be like once in two months or so but went on for quite a while almost till the time i was with the firm i was uh, mentoring or reverse mentoring him in a way um about belonging i think um there are a few things that made me belong to that organization. One was, uh, I suppose, as I became more and more competent at navigating the culture, I kind of understood the culture more. And I started standing up for myself more. Um, that made me belong a lot more. Um, so that's that's definitely the competence element around it like um, of course if I am someone who's not competent but different that takes a very long long time to kind of be fitting in um, so I would say for personally for me competence was a huge trigger that made me belong made them respect me more and realize okay so Sudeshna yeah she looks different but she knows what she's talking about so that to me was a huge element of the belonging and that also almost gave me the license of being completely unapologetic about having my stand and I would I would probably just go in okay this is what you think but look this is why I think this is the way we should do it um, there's no right or wrong here I'm not gonna be apologizing for thinking this way or being this way but obviously that doesn't um, judge you in any light in a way so open and non-judgmental discussions about projects about um, things like like you know sharing those cultural con contexts sharing about politics like of course you, we we live in this world and we cannot be kind of thinking that we are in the bubble of the corporate world i i i feel so strange that we talk about religion and politics in such hushed tones almost but from where I'm coming from, that is in India, uh, you know, we, we argue a lot. We tend to talk and debate and um, 
at times it seems like none of us like each other but you know from that chaos rises a sense of unity solidarity and uh, india is like known for celebrating all religions like all of the festivals across the globe if we could get some more we'd do that as well we love celebrations so it's it's about having honest and open discussions and i think non-judgmental discussions are also important because yeah if i if i had a discussion where you know you say this is my view and i say this is my view and then they clash and we say okay never talking to each other that that doesn't work mm-hmm. but just having the respect for the person in front of you but also having the respect for yourself that i think um uh, wherever i could have that bit i felt like i belonged a lot more and then i suppose the third thing for me again related to that was mindfulness so um not everyone will be at the same sort of energy and wavelength as you um and it's about mindfulness it's about being wise to recognize the situation that you are in the person that you are with um if i kind of think that this person should be celebrating me not um judging me but that person is not just mature enough to do that it's not going to work so for me belonging had a lot to do with the work that i did on myself as well um of course we want uh the corporates or the places we work in or the societies that we live in to be accepting of us but we also have to realize we have to do the work on ourselves as well and it's almost a two way street once i open myself up the universe opens itself up for us that's that's the sort of vibe that i got when i was going through this wow so really like wisdom nuggets and i'm going to try to dissect some of the things that you said because i think one of the things that that really struck for me when you were speaking was that level of respect that the culture of being in india has that you can talk about things and feel like you're you might be arguing but you're coming to this place of um i guess vulnerability to an extent you're saying what you need to say and there's a container there that allows you to then not hate another person because of their opinion and i think that's huge emotional intelligence that sometimes just because we we are in the west things oh we 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 are emotionally intelligent but that's not always the case um so let's speak about that a little bit in terms of how your culture is in india and and what you've experienced do you find that you're open and and feel like you can just speak your truth in front of these colleagues in these corporations or even the companies that you've worked with big or small before um yeah to most of them yes uh, fortunately because i th- i think to be to be honest i have been really lucky to get great coworkers but that's also almost a reflection on yourself because when you treat people with respect generally they treat you the same way back um so with these corporates of course there 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 are people that um will be the odd ones out that'll just um you know 
I, I have worked with colleagues who I would rather not remember. Um, but equally, the, the good ones have been so great that they open something up in, up in you. And it's not like all the time that you need to discuss about your culture or your politics or your religion. It's just those sometimes. And yeah, I, th I think um, in a way it's been learning from me, my past, that it's okay to speak up. It's okay to not seek for permission. Um, you know, the, the, the bit that I think many of us, especially coming from different, slightly different backgrounds get wrong is we start judging ourselves before we even have opened our mouth. Mm, and, and I think we have to kind of let ourselves ask the question of, uh, well, maybe I'm not being confident enough, but is there a reason? Do I have the rationale for saying what I'm saying? And if I have the logic, the context, the evidence, there's no reason for me to not speak up. You know, at, at worst, what will happen? They'll have something better to say, or they'll have uh, another perspective, or your perspective is not taken into account. But we also have to kind of withdraw our ego and let the ideas flow. So mm. the, the moment we separate the ego out of it, the moment we don't mind looking a bit silly in front of others, then the ideas start flowing because it's not really about your idea. It's just about the idea. So um, does that does that make sense? It, it, it perfectly does. And it comes back to mindfulness and doing that inner work on yourself so that you mm. do show up as your authentic self and you're not judging yourself when you're speaking. And if something, somebody does say something to you that you might find um, offensive or disrespectful, you're so mindful in that moment that you, you're not reacting, you're responding. So I think it totally aligns with uh, why I truly believe it's going to help people more because it's that responsibility for yourself and not taking on other people's responsibility for, for their behaviour as well. So completely, completely. Okay, so talking about competency, an important factor because competency breeds confidence and confidence breeds competency. And it's that, that thing that we kind of take for granted, um, mm. not believing for in yourself. As a career strategist, what do you normally see in your clients that stops them from feeling competent um, that you help them to overcome? So personally, I think there are, there are two categories of people. One, they are really, really accomplished and they are not sure about the next step. So when I say not sure about the next step, they could be really, really technically sound, but they are not sure whether to step up into that managerial position or not. And the reason for that is they probably feel like they are not competent enough. But is that, is that really true? Um, well, we all have the, that first managerial job, right? So if you kind of start um, comparing yourself with the new manager that you'll be with, say, for example, Google CEO Sundar Pichai, that's not going to work. Uh, you have to realize that 
you are kind of new in the job, you learn and competence is also something that's learned. It's not something that happens overnight and suddenly you become the CEO of the company. That doesn't work. So that's, mm-hmm. that's one thing. And um, so, so many, many people are there who are probably lacking slightly in the competence, but that's only because they are new to the job. And then the second lot who are, I think, especially women tend to do this. Um, they tend to think of uh, the 100%. They will basically say, okay, I am only 99.5% of the job description and the remaining 0.5% I leave on the table, I'll work on it till I get to the 100%, I won't apply for that job. I won't apply for that promotion. I won't apply for that raise. Um, So that's not because they are not competent. It's just because they are perfectionists. And you know, as much as I love perfectionists, I also feel like they are holding back so much value that they could offer to the world. Just being that crazy perfectionist, if I will, like, it's very good to be very, very good at your job. But if that means that your ideas never see the light of the day, that's not that's not great for anyone not for you not for everyone around you who would have received that help and this is almost going back to the bit that i was mentioning earlier separating your ideas from your ego so your ideas will take a life of their own and you be a slave to your idea rather than the idea is a slave to your ego so those are the two sorts of people I generally tend to find. Um, the first lot are much easier to convince because you can kind of tell them that, look, go here, read this. You can point them at some resources. But the second bit, they need the more um, work in terms of opening themselves up, believing in something that's bigger than themselves. So. Yeah, that expansion of their vision, right? Because I guess their vision is so small because they're insular a little bit. Wow. So those are the two types of people that normally come into your sphere and you help them to was it get their career that they want. How would you describe what you do? So I help them find their dream careers and kind of open them up to the possibility of something bigger. So it could be something as simple as you know, just fall in love with my day job. Don't do anything. Just fall in love with my day job. I'm not really finding the inspiration right now. Why not? And we do some work around that. Or it could be something totally different as, for example, you are in a very toxic relationship with your job or with um, your career or uh, or maybe your company is great, but you just don't enjoy who you are being there and then how can we explore other possibilities whether that be a career change into doing something completely different whether that's just a change in company or it's maybe it's starting a business so not everything will work for everyone like we cannot just say okay I just help you find a new job maybe the new job is to create a job for yourself so 
I would come in at the point where people are slightly confused and unsure about who they are being and kind of connect their authentic self. Uh, this, this sounds very fluffy, but I promise you it's not. It's, it's, um, it kind of, you, you know when you are being authentic and you know when you are being fake. Like we all know, our inner voice knows. So when your inner voice starts questioning, that is when I suppose we should just say, let's stop, take stock. And that's where my work comes in. So, so, so not fluffy at all. So most people do stay in jobs because they're, they've got that, I guess I always like to call it a, a boat syndrome. They only, they're in a boat, they, see, they, they will only move to another boat, even if one boat's sinking, when they see one available to move to. And sometimes people stay in jobs longer than they need to. And I certainly have had that experience come up, thinking that this is all I can get. Um, because maybe you're not feeling confident because the, the job has maybe changed the way you think about yourself as well. So I think there's, there's a huge um, energy shift that people need to step into, especially for those of us that have got amazing talents, but we're not sharing it with the world. Those of us that want to be, want to make such an impact in business and grow the business and help mm. it to, to, to really make big changes, but we're, we're too scared to share our, I guess, brilliance because we, we're, we're doubting ourselves. So I think it's important work that you're doing. Um, what so, would you, yeah. Sorry, so I just wanted to come in and say that's, that's really interesting that you said that, um, you know, we are almost holding back ourselves from the brilliance because there are times, you know, at times we feel like we won't be loyal to our company if we left. But you know what, um, having worked in strategy and management consulting, um, they love for their people to leave and come back because they want their people to have a broader vision of the world. And you know what, it's okay if you don't come back because then you can come back as a client. So don't think that leaving your job is being disloyal to your company. In fact, most companies have uh, a headcount sort of uh, calculator that they, they they actually calculate for retention looking at their past data and I can promise you that they somewhere in the calculation they would have considered whether or not you are likely to stay for the next year or not so um, that's that's I think very important and quite a lot of people don't realize that that's what's going on behind the scene that's what's the finance team is doing actually so there you go so a, a company that is is well adjusted will have this those they would they would have um almost planned for it so yeah. that you, you've got they've got room for growth and you've got room for growth so that you're not thinking you have to stay there and if you leave the whole company will crumble they've allowed for that and for, yeah. the for you to go back okay fantastic what i what i thought was um Something I wanted to actually pick up on. I probably lost my mind now a little bit, but it, it's to do with if somebody feels like they're in a company right now and they don't feel like they belong, they don't feel like their 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 voice is heard. They almost feel like they're there, but sometimes they just feel like they're part of the furniture. They're not adding any difference. What would you? What three things would you say to that person that they could do as options to move mm -hmm. forward? Um. 
So I think what I'd say is uh, start with competence. Always, I, I almost always say start with competence, not because uh, I think you are not competent, but because I feel like so many people take it as a given that we don't question as to what sort of competence the job requires. Of course, you were hired for the job, so you definitely do have it somewhere in you, but you could have lost it along the way or the job could have changed uh, since the time you were in it. So start with the competence and make absolutely no guesses on what you need to be to uh, excel at the job. So that, that means talking with your line manager, your CEO, your MD, who, whoever is kind of your stakeholder in the job. So the more you set up these meetings, you'll realize what other people in the organization care about. And the more you realize what other people care about, the more you can input into their decision-making. Once you start doing that, uh, what happens is, again, that, that cultural exchange, the cultural shift start happening, and you start being yourself. And unapologetically yourself authentic uh, so i i so that's that's from competence to being unapologetic and authentic and again i think i touched upon the mindfulness bit um so allow for people to be slightly odd uh, many many times we feel like is it me or uh, is everyone like this? But know that no one is the same and each of us are really, really different. We all have our nuances and I feel like we talk about diversity in terms of culture, race, religion, but actually all of us are so different. Even to like, for example, if, if I were to give my example, so my sister and me were in the same household. It doesn't get more similar than that, right? So we had the same cultural context. We had the same uh, upbringing almost, but we are such different people. Yeah, we share similar energetic traits probably, but we are still very, very different people. And there is, there is that amount of intelligence in knowing uh, and forgiving the person in front of you as well if and when they make mistakes or don't agree with you so i would say those are those are the three things again and I, yeah and you've touched on such great things if you want somebody to kind of be open to you and who you are and how different you are you've also got to be open to them as well right you can't expect others to give to us we're not willing to give to them yeah and i think that's so important i think sometimes we forget oh my gosh um, is that person a bit odds but like they could be thinking the same thing but are you going to give them the benefit of the doubt that their intentions really good you know yeah. and i think it's important for that to happen um, and being mindful of that 
um, I'm constantly thinking of how can I actually help this person or do their job better perhaps as well by understanding them, not just thinking you, you already know what it is they need as well. Because that assumption element can be really tricky in business, right? We assume yeah. so many things and we make up stories and then we yeah. get out of alignment because then we're, 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 co- we're conscious about other people's feelings and thoughts, but we don't even really know them. So, so you know, one of the things that um, one of my best project teams ever did was almost have a 10 minutes alignment chat every morning at nine. So you come in, you have a laugh, you get a coffee, you just chat about what you did the previous day, what your plans are for the uh, coming day or few hours and you get back and you know that's a practice that i have started doing since that project and every project from then on and every job from then on um, has just been so much smoother because all of us felt like we are a team we are delivering this this is all of us on one side we are all aligned every day single day and yeah just 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 making sure that we are not assuming anything. Everything's there for us to discuss and debate. So that's so important. Completely agree. And I, I think that's why accountability groups work so well when you're all on the same page, you're all having the same vision, like, cause vision sometimes gets lost in the everyday mission. Right. Yeah. And so it's, it's really important to, to, to hone up. This is where we're going. This is what we're doing. Um, are we all in agreement or is something up? What's going on? And I think that openness is really important, like you've mentioned mm. before. Okay, so thank you so much for coming on and sharing your nuggets of wisdom. There's so many great things that our listeners can take away from this uh, to do with your mindfulness, to do with being competent, to do with belonging, to, to deal with cultural intelligence, emotional intelligence. There's so many great things that you shared. Um, and also helping them as well to, I guess, get into alignment in their career. Because some of the people that are listening, that they're either going to be diversity and inclusion leaders or maybe people that are neurodiverse or just um, diverse full stop. And they're constantly looking for ways to feel like they belong, even if they don't fit in. Because you don't always have to fit in. Yeah. Right? And that's the great thing about being, um, just being and just allowing yourself to be in alignment. Saying, I don't need to fit in, but I actually still belong here. What's their next steps in order to get in contact with you so that they can get some of your wisdom nuggets um, and see if they want to move forward with you as well? Yeah, so I run a blog on the abundancepsyche.com and for the viewers of your channel, I have also created a short questionnaire for uh, figuring out whether you are in alignment or not. And if you indeed can change your position in the current uh, job that you have or if you want to or need to move to another place to find your alignment so I will link that with Ruth and you can get a copy of that questionnaire start working on that and I love to hear your thoughts on it fantastic so I'll put the link in the bottom of this video or depending on what we're listening to this in the bottom of this um audio so thank you for coming and uh, to helping us to really navigate the career 
listening and learning about your experiences and how you've navigated to where you are as well. It's really appreciated. And if you want to connect with um, Sadeshda, what I'm going to do is also put the link of her social media channels as well and her website so that you can connect with her too. So thank you. Thank Would you, you so much for having me, Ruth. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for coming. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Stop recording. If it allows me. Yes.